Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, the game starts here. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined this week by the one and only Justin Southwell. Eve, we think, is uh, probably at St. Elmo's eating that amazing shrimp cocktail while he's attending the combine this week. And Eve, mm. send some back. I'd like some of that. Yeah. Um, thanks for the invite, Eve. You know that we can try to record remotely every once in a while, but I guess, you know, just leave us behind at home. It's fine. We're not jealous at all. It's fine. It's okay. We're going to get through it. Yeah, Eve. No, I hope you have fun in Indy. We miss you here. But um, if you just eat all of the shrimp cocktail for me, I'll forgive you for not inviting us. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Also, apologies in advance if my voice gives out allergy season is back. If you are currently in Oklahoma, you know how crazy windy it has been today. Justin, was the sky weird down where you live? <laughs> yeah, it... Uh... Got some sepia tone up in the sky right now. Fire, uh, dust, maybe a combination of both. I'm not 100% sure what's going on with all of that, but I'm going to look to Twitter to find out because yeah. if it's on the internet, everybody knows. So yeah, it was just uh, eerie. But pretty weird. Yeah, pretty weird. 80 degrees today, a beautiful early spring day. No better time to release Oklahoma State's 2024 roster. And you know what that means, Justin, that football is officially back. Well, kind of. Finally. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh wait, we're still, oh, Not quite. It's still February. Okay. But we have our roster and we're about a month out. We are about a month out from spring practices starting up. There were a few notable number changes on that roster. And Justin, I know that both you and Eve love to discuss the significance of numbers and who should be wearing what, like what position should wear what number. Deshaun Stribling almost did a little bit of a reverse Des Bryant. Des Bryant was one in Stillwater and went to 88 when he was drafted by the Cowboys. Deshaun Stribling came into Stillwater wearing 88 and he will now be one this season. I personally love that for him. Yeah, that, that is pretty awesome. It's a uh, number fit for a Des. So he can live up to the name now. And really 88 was as well. And we saw how great he was there, but number one at Oklahoma state, that's, that's pretty elite. You know, that, that could almost be like a tradition for wide receiver. You, you have to earn the right to wear number one as a receiver. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited for him because as you know, with that number, you know, you're bound to stand out. Yeah. Another player changing numbers is Sessi Vailahi. He's going from number 20 
to number three. Three this season was worn by Jaden Nixon, who, of course, entered the transfer portal. We saw Sessie a little bit in the Big 12 championship and then again in our uh, Texas Tax Act or Tax Act Texas Bowl game. So he's going to three. Eve gave that his stamp of approval in our uh, text chain earlier. I also, well, Justin, you're making a face. Yeah, no, it's it's cool. Um, but number 20 is also an elite number for a running back. Yeah. So I think Eve would argue three is a better number, but I, I feel like for a running back, 20 is like, you would want to be 20. But I mean, I mean, there's a reason. He, I mean, three is a cool number. So don't get me wrong. It's you're choosing between two of the coolest numbers you can possibly have. So you can't go wrong here. But when I see 20 as running back, I'm like, wow, he's really good. You know, um, one number that I thought was very bizarre to me was um, safety Parker Robertson. He's kind of an emerging safety on the team. He wore number 39 in 2023 and now he's wearing eight which i like the wearing eight but a db wearing 39 just seems a little odd to me oh 39 i mean my guy kyle hale he played safety he wore number 39 back in that in our years 2010 2011 um but yeah i think if kyle hale had the choice he he might pick number eight over 39 I'd, I'd have to ask him, but you know, 39 is kind of like the standard uh, numbers for safeties. I mean, it was back in the day. Now you can just basically, it's all over the map, but it kind of used to be for safeties, defensive backs, all, all that was tied in with the same kind of number groups as the running backs. So it was 20 through 49. And you know, 39 is like, not necessarily one of the numbers that people line up for. It's like the guys that maybe have to wear it for a couple of years before they can get the choice of, you know, Hey, do you want to stick with 39 or do you want to roll with something else that has come available? Because, uh, you know, seniors have graduated, uh, juniors have transferred out, something like that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 39. It's just kind of a, it's a number. <laughs> it's, yeah, I think it's just weird in general. And when I think like DBs, I don't know, maybe it's because of all the NFL I watch. I think of like 21, 24, maybe a low 30s in there. But yeah, 39. I'm like, that's just, I just, I don't like that number, I think is what it boils down to. Yeah. And like, think about in the NFL, especially, you have a 53 man roster and people really aren't going to be choosing 39 more often than not, I would think. Whereas, in college football, you've got 125, 130 guys on the team. You got duplicate numbers out there. Um, and in, in the case for Oklahoma State, we've got four numbers that are retired jersey numbers that we can't even wear. So a lot of doubling up going there. And then of course zero got added, added to the mix recently again. But yeah, 39, unless you have like a, a special connection to it, some in some other fashion, it's probably not going to be the first choice. Yeah. Interesting. Are you, I mean, we went through last week, Justin, we went through your whole journey to 85 and how there was the Emmett Smith tie and all of that stuff. Was there ever a number that you would never have wanted to wear? 
That's a tough question. I mean, the ones that come to mind immediately are the numbers that are just like offensive lineman numbers, defensive lineman numbers, things like that, where it's kind of like, okay, I don't want to get stuck with, I don't, I don't even, uh, 76 or something. Oh. You know, no offense to Russell Okung out there, but I, I, you know, it just wouldn't look good on me. So, you know, imagine a, you know, five foot eight, 160 pound receiver running around in number 76. But yeah, it's like 85 for a receiver makes sense. And uh, anything between any of the 80s, any of like zero through on oh, zero, but one through 19 was kind of like the standard for what it could be. But, uh, you know, anything outside of that, I don't, I don't know. It's it's 39. You could throw 39 in the mix. I, I don't necessarily know that I would like to wear 39. So. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Uh, for some reason, I don't like the number three that much. Like three on its own is fine, but like I would not want to wear a number three. It's just not not. I think favorite. I think three is cool though. It's like fine. I don't know. I'd rather be number one or zero. Oh yeah, for sure. And you, you didn't know. have to worry about changing your number because you you got eleven. Nobody wants to change from that. That's an awesome number. Well, so, but in high school in sports, I was never number 11 because all of the upper class, A, A, they did the way they ordered jerseys were like zero through 15 are smalls, 15 through whatever number are meeting. You know, they did sizes by number. Yeah. And so I never got the smalls because A, I was never that small and B, because I like there were smaller people on the team, so I could never be number 11. Plus there were upperclassmen who, and everyone liked number 11. So they got to do that. And then I was 21 in, um, for field hockey in high school. I think my freshman year I was 30 and then sophomore, junior and senior year, I was able to switch to 21 cause I liked 21. And then when I went to college and played, um, they like the team was small. And so I was able to pick 11 and then I was worried that my sophomore year, I was going to have to give it up because we had someone older than me join the team. And I was like, are we going to do this like by year or whatever? And our coach is like, no, you get it because you have seniority. So I got to keep 11, which was very exciting for me because that uh, was my number. And uh, playing travel soccer growing up too, that's always what it was. So did they have numbers based on positions at all? No. Not like they did for football? No. Just Nope. Run out there. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, we didn't also, I don't think our numbers went that high because we only had maybe 20 to 30 people on like JV and varsity. So it's not like we had from like zero to 50 in uniforms either. I don't think so. Yeah. That was, but yeah, those are those are lacrosse and field hockey and, and soccer numbers. But that was eleven is the number that I most identify with. So if I had to pick a jersey now, I would be number eleven, and that's just how it would go. You got the the Robinson eleven connection. So yes, it's meant yes. to be. I'm gonna get a Zach Robinson eleven jersey because that's just in my white with the orange trim and the black. Letters. That is my project for this off season is to get one of those. Um, but the other thing, you know, we talked about the number changes. The other thing that was interesting about this roster re release was that 
there are some decent weight gains and losses by some key cowboys. I was texting with you and Eve earlier, and some of the numbers that stood out to me, Kendall Daniels is up 17 pounds to 230 from 213 in 2023. Alan Bowman up to 220 from 209. Rashad Owens went from 219 to 230. So, oh, and uh, Dylan Smith, Bedlam hero who tackled Stoops on fourth down, he's up 15 pounds to 185. That body by glass, Justin, is uh, paying dividends. <laughs> yeah, that's good. This is the time to to add a little bit of weight or drop some weight, whatever you want to do, I guess, for whatever makes the most sense. But we'll see if the the numbers stay the same. You know, by the time fall camp comes around. Um, yeah, 17 pounds. That's that's quite a bit. Man. Kendall Daniels bulked up, trying to move to a hybrid linebacker or something on us. Like, I don't know. But um, yeah, maybe by the time fall runs around, you know, that summer summer heat might uh, bring that number down a little bit. I don't know. He might he might keep it all on. So I w- I would be very scared if I were on any opposing offense and seeing him weigh, you know, 230 on the roster and just flying around like he does. So a lot of people here gaining weight and they think that means losing speed. How does coach glass help players maintain their speed and quickness while also putting on weight? Yeah, it's magic basically. No. Um, well, a lot of it is, you know, just muscle weight. And so whenever you, you add, let's say, just just think about your legs. For example, if you're adding weight because your muscles are growing, uh, you're getting more power as well, more explosivity in those muscles, and uh, it can actually help you to be faster. So it's not all about the the quickness flying around. Sometimes it's about the uh, the power that can move you around quickly quickly as well. So. Um, there's a, there's a fine balance for it. You know, he's got, he's got it nailed down. He's been doing this for decades at this point. I don't even know what number he's up to now. Was he starting in like 88, maybe it's 30 something years now. Dang. I don't know. Crazy. But, um, with all the technology added on that, and there's a big emphasis in exercise science, health, nutrition, all of that, um, so, yeah, these are like world-class athletes, and they're working with a world-class strength and conditioning coach. So, pretty cool. One, pretty cool stuff. Yeah. No, it's – I'm like, how do I get on Coach Glass's workout plan? Shoot. One other guy who I did not mention, uh, who I wish Eve was here for his thoughts, and Justin, because you're his best friend and can get in his head, I'm going to ask you what Eve would think about this. Defensive tackle Aiden Kelly has gained 20 pounds this offseason and will be playing at 315. A lot of people have high hopes for him this year. Eve has been critical of our D-line. What do you think he would say to this 20-pound gain by Kelly? Man. Well, I guess that's a good thing. So if you're D tackle and you're playing the three, three, five style of defense, uh, D tackle needs to be able to eat up some of those blocks in the middle and gaining 20 pounds is 
probably a good thing. And um, as long as you can, you know, maintain yeah your strength, relative quickness there on the D line, maybe to be able to bust through the line every once in a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, you see some of these offensive linemen, especially the the guards that they're going up against. I mean, three fifteen. You're going like head to head in a lot of cases. So yeah, you kind of need you kind of need to add those 20 pounds to be able to to stay up with some of those guys. Yeah. It will be interesting. A couple of players too. We've talked about the gaining weight. One one person that stood out to me, and I'm not going to read too much into it, but Justin Wright is coming off an injury. He was injured early in this past season. He's down to 230 from 244. And Justin, I know that you said that we shall see uh, who weighs what after spring and summer camps. Is that any cause for concern that he was injured last year and he dropped 14 pounds going into spring camp? Hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess like on the surface, it looks like it might be, but I don't really know too much about his physical condition coming from Tulsa to Oklahoma state. So it might've been the case where he had a little bit of weight to lose where he could be, you know, rock it up a little bit more and he can fly around um, after shedding some pounds. So it could be the case where he's finding kind of the equilibrium of where he needs to be as the best version of, a linebacker that he can in, in our defense and uh, that's where he needs to be. So it could be that it could be the injury, but at the same time, uh, you know, whenever you're recovering from an injury in our strength and conditioning programming, it's not necessarily like you're, you know, just taking time off and you're not lifting and you're not doing things that you can do to continue to um, stay at the top of your conditioning. So yeah, I, it, I guess that's more of like a time will tell kind of thing. Um, we'll just, we'll see where, where, where he ends up uh, when the fall comes around and we'll look back at this and be like, Oh man, Justin, you don't even know what you're talking about. Look at him now. And it's <laughs> like, Oh, that's a good, that's a good call. Like, I don't know. I should have, should have asked him, I guess, Justin comment on, you know, tell us what's going on. I don't know. You don't have to. I love you. Okay. One more player to address. Of course, the one and only Brennan Presley went from 175 to 160. <laughs> what? Brennan, what are you doing, man? He ate all that candy and went in the opposite direction. What happened to whenever you were done with the season, you were going to go to Taco Bell and have 50 tacos or something like that? Right. I saw him a couple of weeks ago and that still has not happened yet. And I'm like, you guys talked that up and you said this was happening. And to my knowledge, as of like two or three weeks ago, it still had not happened. I mean, yeah. I don't know what's going on there, but I mean, I played around there 160, 162. And um, now I weigh like 175. So Brennan, let me know what diet you got on because I'd love to be back down there because, you know, got the dad weight coming on. No, I'm just kidding. 
So I would like Brandon Presley's metabolism and Rob Glass's workout plan. <laughs> that is the moral of the story. Exactly. Exactly. Want to give a quick shout out to Feels Like 45 podcast on Twitter. Their Twitter has an entire roster breakdown that was posted earlier this week. They have charts of all the number changes. You can break down players' heights. They have everybody listed in numerical order, the height they were last season, the height they are this season, same with the weight. Super great breakdown, guys. Thank you so much for helping me with my notes this week. So everybody, if you want to read more into the roster and the new guys that we have and the numbers that they are and how much they're weighing in at or how tall they are this season, go check out Feels Like 45 on Twitter and listen to their podcast because those guys know what's up. They're decent. You know, maybe, um, maybe we can have you guys on soon. Yeah. Talk about, talk about football and stuff. We would love to have open you invitation. So hit us up, DM us, come join us. We'd love to chat. Okay. State football. We just talked about Brennan Presley's 15 pound weight loss that I'm jealous of. And I want to show some love for BP on the field. We've talked about him all year long and just what he's done for this program and how good he's been. And he's had some historic games this season. However, a couple weeks ago, PFF College tweeted out a fun stat about BP that he had 991 receiving yards last season. Pretty good, right? 664 of those yards were after the catch. That's crazy. It's pretty good. That's that's so good. He led the Big 12 re receivers with that stat. Um and he his 991 yards ranked 34th in the country, which is not like there's a lot of wide receivers out there. You know, there's 130 234 teams. And each team has several receivers. So that's that's not horrible. I would say a little not horrible, right? I mean, yeah. pretty good, maybe. So his so his statistics, 664 yards gained after the catch, led all big 12 receivers. I'm wondering like how many of these were screen passes? and slants because I mean, he's, he's definitely catching and, and getting up quickly, but not to take away from that at all. He'll make a catch and still he's like one of the best at making guys miss. So, you know, wherever he is on the field um, to be able to, you know, hit those juke moves, spin moves, whatever the case is. Um, man, what a, what a cool statistic. And I'm hoping, you know, next year it sets up for him to break that thousand yard mark. Cause that's a, uh, you look at what what'd you say it was 991. 991. Like, oh, so close, man. So stinking close. Get him, you know. What are we what are we looking at whenever we're going into these games, Coach Dunn? Like you need to plan this out a little bit so we can see him uh, eclipse that mark. Now, to be fair, they probably were trying to do that, right? Because the bowl game, he had like 15, 16 catches or something like catches. that. And it's like, you know, you did all you could do. So of course, he's always he's always doing all he can do. So I want to see him hit that thousand yard plus next season. Well, also, so yeah, the the six sixty four after the catch led all Big Twelve wide receivers. He was third 
in the Big 12 in receiving yards. He was like 25 yards shy, um, 25 yards behind Xavier Worthy. A little less than 25 yards. I can't math right now. My brain's not working. And Javon Baker from UCF led the Big 12 with 1,139 yards. Xavier Worthy had 10-14. OSU is also – they have a little bit more talent, I guess, at uh, receivers, so they're able to spread the ball out a little bit more, and that's probably the reason why he wasn't able to quite get there, which isn't a bad thing. It's just like, dude, you're still third in the Big 12 at this. You're first in the Big 12 at Yak. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, that's you, yeah, amazing. Just absolutely amazing. And I just, I just felt the need when I saw that stat on Twitter a couple weeks ago. I was like, that's actually crazy. Six hundred sixty-four yards after the catch. Um. We've talked last week or a couple weeks ago about Oklahoma State being disrespected in college football, not getting the credit they deserved. I kind of feel that Brennan Presley doesn't get the credit he deserves and doesn't get talked about with some of those top receivers in the game like we saw this year with a Malik Neighbors, a Malcolm, Malcolm uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., a Roma Junze. Why do you think that BP is not in these conversations when he is an incredible receiver. Well, I know part of it is just the national perception of Oklahoma state for whatever reason, we're still getting disrespected. Um, I'd like to see that trend turn around soon, but maybe part of it, especially leading into the last season was just the, maybe the question marks that we had at quarterback as good of a, receiver as Brendan Presley is who's throwing the ball to him. And maybe that was what they were kind of looking at. Now, as far as this off season, what's your excuse? I don't know. <laughs> like, Look at this guy. Are you kidding me? What do you think it'll take from BP to be, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know if what it will take for him to be a, a in the Bolitnikov conversation. I can't say, but to still be talked about as one of those like key receivers to watch in the landscape of college football. Um, I think maybe it's going to be uh, like the explosive plays. So we're we're talking about six hundred yards after the catch, which is amazing it's also going to be tied to how many touchdowns he scores from that. So, you know, I don't know how many yards after catch Justin Blackman had when he won the Blitnikoff, but he was never caught from behind. So he's getting in the end zone over and over again, putting up 15, 1700 yards. And that's kind of the bar. That's what it takes. So um, other than that, I mean, what, what more can you do other than develop that breakaway speed so that you're not getting caught from behind? And, I mean, that's basically like that's, – that's all you can do. He's got every other thing going for him, I think. So maybe that's the X factor in him being able to get that award. Bear with me while I try to phrase this as I try to think about how I want to ask this. You talk about, yeah, the yards after the catch – is it as impressive to have not, or is it more impressive 
to have 991 receiving yards and like a hundred yards after the catch, because you're just catching deep balls all the time. Or is there something to be said about BP being elusive and getting those yards after the catch? Like, does it matter how you get the yards as long as you're getting the yards? Um, yeah. So it might just come down to preference, I guess, because of the, they're both cooler and cool in their own right. It's like, man, look at this guy making all the moves, making guys miss versus look at this guy just blowing the top off, you know, never getting caught. It's kind of like the difference between Brennan Presley and James Washington or, you know, I don't know. Randy Moss, I guess would be another example of a kind of the, the deep threat. So I'm not going to be mad either way. Just, yeah, this is, this is all good. Um, but I feel like what is more of the threat to defenses are the guys that have that just burner speed where you have to account for that. And you're going to have to like have probably a double team on them have a safety deep at all times. And that opens up your run game versus if you have, you know, Brennan Presley catching screens, you can have those, those safeties creeping up. That doesn't necessarily help your run game. So that's the one thing that I would say about that. It's kind of like how much it opens up the defense for other opportunities. Well, I know we still have about six months until opening week week one of college football but now that the roster's out and we see this stuff i'm just getting more and more excited for 2024 and to see what bp can do can he break the receiving yards record for oklahoma state will he be in the national conversations i'm excited to see how it all plays out that'd be a lot of fun yeah i want to quickly do our news and notes for the week ollie gordon has opted into the college football 25 video game players opting in will receive six hundred dollars and a copy of the game um six hundred dollars seems very very low am i crazy um hey i'll take six hundred dollars and a copy of the game six hundred dollars will buy you a ps5 if you don't have one six hundred dollars it's 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 not nothing. It's not, not nothing, nothing, but a lot of these guys are making at least tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars through NIL. So to me, it's like, yeah, I would take $600 too because you can go treat yourself to something nice. But I mean, like, to use their name, image, and likeness, I feel like they should be getting a little bit more. Ah, They're already getting it. They're getting it from other places. Fair. Okay, fair. So. Well, expect to see Ollie on that game, as I think a lot of us anticipated he would be. Also, big news for Oklahoma State Athletics. Our athletic director, Chad Weiberg, was named to the NCAA Men's Basketball Selection Committee. He was appointed by Brett Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner. He will start his five-year term on September 1st. I talked to Chad earlier this week. He's super excited for the opportunity. He's not 100% sure what to expect as far as the overall responsibilities of it. He obviously will help decide the 68 teams that will compete 
in the March Madness tournament, but he's just excited to be able to network and help get the OSU brand out there more. So that's just a big thing for OSU basketball. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Good for you, Chad. And I just think it says a lot about Chad too, that, you know, you look at, because the current uh, Iowa State athletic director is the current Big 12 representative. His term ends September 1st. Chad will then take over as the Big 12 representative on this committee. Commissioner Yormark nominated him for it, as I mentioned earlier. And for Chad to have been in this role for only two and a half years at this point, and for Commissioner Yormark to say, that's who I want, I think that speaks a lot about what Chad and Oklahoma State have been able to accomplish in those last two and a half years. That's a great point, Meg. Great point. Thank you. And I think it's just like a small win for our basketball team, and we need small wins. It's like the win. Yeah, that's good. Do it again. Moving on to softball, Lexi Kilfoyle earned a pair of weekly honors, Wilson NFCA D1 National Pitcher of the Week and Big 12 Pitcher of the Week. She swept the pitching awards. She threw three shutout games, including over top 20 teams, Florida and Washington. Washington was ranked four at the time of that shutout. It is her first national weekly honor of her career and third Big 12 conference honor. So yay, Lexi. Nice. Up. And last but not least, some sad news coming from the Cowboy football family. Condolences to the family of Jason Russell, who passed away earlier this week. He started his career as a D lineman in Stillwater and switched to O-line after two years where he became a regular in the starting lineup. He was a member of the 2001 and 2002 teams that beat OU in back-to-back -back seasons. So keeping the Russell family in our thoughts. And with that, we would like to thank you all for listening to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Ben Online. For those of you who made it this far with my awful voice, I appreciate you more than you know, because I know this sounds so annoying. <laughs> so thank you for bearing with us. Like, share, subscribe comment, rate, review, all of the things. He's Justin Southwell. Hi, Megan Robinson. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. Meg pushing through for us. Let's go. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.